Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the Logan Marks 500 podcast, where I chat to designers from around the world. Today I'm talking to Matt Tams. How are you today, Matt? Uh, I'm good, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Awesome, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. So the first question is, what was your favourite logo and why? Oh, um, God, that's a hard question. Uh, you, you could answer that in... If you ask me that tomorrow and the day after the day after I could come back with sort of so many different answers. Um, I, guess, I guess if we could talk about sort of maybe one area almost, you can talk about maybe football and, and certainly when people ask what my favourite football badge is, I always think Derby County. And I always think that's, that's yeah. a really bold, simple badge that sort of shows... Um, I mean, you, you've got the stylistic fact that it, it, it's it's so aggressive looking for what is basically a sheep um <laughs> but then you've also got the fact that it, it's it's related to derby's history as a place um so it, it's sort of this multi-layered but very simple graphic mm-hmm. and yeah i think it, it it's, it's a very good sort of representation of, of the club and of football as a whole in fact it's it's lasted since the 70s and uh, i can't see it changing anytime soon yeah that's that's a good show actually. I really like the I really like football logos and stuff, and I've just started a new YouTube series on it, um, going for my favourite logos. Yeah, <laughs> so first of all, I, I said um, about the old retro Newcastle logo, and then I, I was yes, thinking, the one with the C at the bottom. Yeah, and then also I was thinking yes. the Leeds one as well, because you're oh, you're which one? Up. The smiley. Yeah, the like the really sort of the retro one. Oh, uh, so a proper bubbly LU yeah. text. Yeah, uh, I do like that. <laughs> Really you, nice. can't, you can't go too far wrong with that one. <laughs> so a, lot of the re- a lot of the retro football logos, sort of, they're, I, they're a lot better than the logos we see today, really, in my opinion. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really nice, stylistic. I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. I do agree. Um, you've seen Brentford have just released a new uh, new badge. The B. Oh, they're going to. Yeah. yeah. yeah We've got nice. just one giant B on a, a soft circle. Um a part of me really likes it, but part of me is thinking, how is that going to look in 10, 20 years? Is it a little too rooted in sort of current styles and and so yeah. on? So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah. But, we'll have to do another podcast on football logos. <laughs> but yeah, we'll stop talking about that. We'll leave it to that one. <laughs> so what is the number one place you go to see when researching design? Well, if this, if this is for a client... I'll try and ask them as many questions as possible about how they want their brand to, to come across mm. and how they want people to perceive it. Because ultimately, that's, that's what branding's all about. Um, and then I'll sort of ask, ask them why, you know, why do you want this badge to look friendly? What what about it is, you know, what about your company is friendly? Um, and so on and so forth. And we'll, we'll work out what it is they're trying to say and why it is they're trying to say that. And then after that, I'll, I'll generally just um, go off and start scribbling and start just seeing what comes up out of um, just really, really rough, rubbish drawings on lined paper, whatever I can get my hands on. And at that point, when something starts coming out of it, I'll maybe even just start going on like Google Images, to be honest, and seeing, um, oh, this, this idea reminds me of something from, you know, like, 50s minimalism or something like that and I'll just start looking around a sort of very vague subject area and, and seeing how they sort of polished off the designs and finished them off and yeah I'll just start putting together things like that cool. and do it that way 
<laughs> Going back to uh, your very early days as a designer, when did you sort of first get into design? I've been into it forever, really. Uh, when I was a little kid, I remember drawing like cars and things like that, like uh, pretending I was making concept cars. It was great. <laughs> um, but even before that, and I'm going to tell you how, how much of a massive geek I am now, um, flags. Yeah. I, you know what? Flags for countries and things like that. It, it, it just sort of boggled my mind even then oh, as a little, little kid. Oh, look at that. It's <laughs> Jack. It's just my desk. inspiration right there. And it just it blew my mind a little bit how such a simple sort of set of graphics mm. could represent an entire country and its history and its people and the values they hold. And, you know, all of that summed up in one little yeah. rectangle. So and, nice. it, 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 that's what kind of sort of got me thinking about how really simple graphics can hold lots of meaning. So, I mean, I probably didn't think of it that clearly when I was like six, but <laughs> it was just that sort of, yeah, communicating on, on a very sort of simple level. Um, and I guess at that point, that's, before I really knew sort of about graphic design, mm. to call it that, that's when I sort of started getting into that sort of thing, I suppose. <laughs> you can get some really beautiful flags. I mean, my favourite is oh, you can. What's your, what's your favourite? Favourite flag? Yeah. Oh. This isn't what I normally ask, so sorry. Feel free to take your time. Oh, no, you're Have asking. Have a good thing. <laughs> um, I can't think of my favourite right now. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. One that a lot of designers reach for, and I do have to agree with, is um, Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say Japan because it's just a circle on a white background. How simple can you get? And, yeah, it sums up you know, the rising sun. And... Um, no, I think that's a really good flag. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> I, my, my, personally, my favourite is the uh, Canadian flag. I, just, uh, like, I was thinking kind of that went through my mind. Yeah, it just pops out, doesn't it? It sounds sounds so so uh, so visual. Anyway, yeah, uh, I have to another another podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got too many podcasts on your hand. <laughs> too many ideas. Too many ideas. So, what, what's your most used font? Do you know what? I've always been a sucker for. Um, a geometric sans serif font, but even me, I mean, I've always loved them. I was, you know, uh, Montserrat, for yeah. instance, is a really good example of a free one, free one of those. And then you've got fonts like uh, 20th Century. I really like that. Um, but even me, in the last four or five years, there's been such a, a explosion <laughs> of geometric sans serif fonts being used in so many different brand identities. Mm it's kind of getting to saturation point a little bit. So I'm trying my best, uh, wherever I can, wherever I feel it's appropriate, to look beyond those and, and, and more at, um, you know, I can't think of any of the names of any of the fonts, but I quite like fonts that sort of take the, the, the styles of a, of, a, of a geometric sense, but then introduce sort of serif characteristics. So you've got your thick and thins, Right. Uh, yeah, things like that. Um, one I'm thinking of is a recent brand uh, called Rocket, and I think they're a, I think they're a food delivery company. I can't even remember, but I really like the uh, the font they're using on their logo. So that's that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that one. I'll check it out. Um, so, who in the design world inspires you the most? Loads of people. Loads. Um, when I was when I was, I was sort of 
younger and, and I went to university to do product design rather than graphic design. I thought to myself, oh, this product design course keeps my uh, options open. There's a bit of graphic design in there. There's a bit of, you know, other sort of disciplines of design. And through that course, uh, I learned about, um, there's a, an industrial designer called Vittorio Success. And okay. um, he, I, I love him. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's this Italian um, industrial designer who founded the Memphis Movement. And what I really love about that is it so it was a response to Bauhaus and you got Bauhaus and it's really strict and sort of very rooted in some of it being practical and that's it. You know, that's all it needs to be is practical, blah, done. And um, what Torres Otsas did, he came along and sort of went, no, everything can be colourful, everything can be wacky shapes, you know, let's make design fun again. And at a time when everything was starting to look very samey and very boring and very similar and very just practical and dull yeah. he helped to introduce this this um i think the fact i think that there's a quote here i've got from him which says functionalism is not enough design should also be sensual and exciting right. <laughs> you know true. you can't say any better than that <laughs> so i love him uh, and more recently at the moment i'm sort of if we're, if we're talking sort of brand identities and things like that, I really like the work at the moment that Hulse and Durrell are putting out for a lot of um, Canadian uh, sports uh, organisations and groups and things like that. They seem to be getting the contract for quite a lot of them at the moment. So you've got the swimming, uh, equestrian, right. um, God, all, all sorts of other things, curling even, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's really nice. You, you've got this sort of... Um, I could almost compare it to Shimaya from Geismar, or Geismar, I don't know how you pronounce that name. But it's a really simple uh, corporate industrial look mm. where you've just got some very simple block shapes, some very simple colours, combine them to make something simple, powerful. Uh, and I really like that. Um, and sort of more on an illustration side, you've got uh, illustrators like uh, Tom Haugamat, and uh, Malika Favre. And again, they're sort of using really simple colours, but they're making these sort of really 3D feeling images out of very simple shapes and colours. And yeah, I absolutely love that sort of thing. <laughs> nice. Brilliant. So what, like, what's your favourite design book or the one that you've read the most? Or? Um, it's hard to say. I don't... I don't really read design books. Um, again, I suppose, yeah, I'm coming sort of more back to product design almost here, but there was, there was a real sort of, I really sort of identified with this, this book called, um, in fact, two books, one called Do Good Design by David Berman. And that was sort of all about, almost all about the ethics of design, uh, which sounds really dull, but I won't go any more into it, but I definitely recommend looking it up. It's, it's a really interesting book. And then uh, this book called Cradle to Cradle, which again is more of a product design book, but it's um, you know it's about sort of designing not just for the whole process from cradle to grave, but more well it's in the title how something at, at the end of its life as a product, instead of just saying right that's it scrap it it's done. How can it be sort of reborn, and how can its its use be re uh, revitalized and, and reused? So I thought that was a really interesting, really interesting thing. I have no idea how that can carry over into graphic design, but I do really like the idea of 
taking sort of simple reusable parts almost and uh, modular almost and sort of putting them together and seeing what comes out. Um, I know that's very vague, but... <laughs> We're getting deep on this podcast. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so like, do, you, do you like watch much content on YouTube or like your favourite piece of... Maybe your favourite design blog or something something that you've read? Not really. I mean, I, I look out a lot on... So if we're talking websites, actually, there is one website I go to on religiously, um, which is the sort of brand review website, brand new. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're familiar. <laughs> I think everyone nice. is. Uh, the stuff that Armin Vick puts together for that is, is fantastic. I love reading his thoughts on it. And then there's a really healthy comment section at the, at the bottom of that. And yeah. a lot of debate goes on there. It's really good. Um, but generally, that's a really good site to go to just to sort of keep your toe dipped in the water a bit of what's going on in the design world. Um, certainly the brand identity side of things. And yeah, there are a few projects that come on there that are absolute stinkers and there are a few that are really inspiring and it's, it's good to see almost, you know, figure out why, why do I think this is really good? Why do I think this is a stinker? <laughs> and then sort of as appropriate, try and bring those elements into my work and try and avoid them. Because we can really easily fall into some traps that make things look really bland and, and don't stand out, and we can really easily miss something that's going to sort of propel it to the next level. So yeah, just just by keeping yourself keeping your toe in the water with that sort of thing, I think that helps a lot with your own personal work. Nice, yeah, it's a great website as well. Um, <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so he's away. He's away this week, and I don't know what I do with myself. <laughs> so put. This is the big question. What is your number one design tip? Uh, number one design tip. Draw lots. In fact, can I give you two? Can I give you two yeah, tips? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, one, draw lots, absolutely lots. Um, and I think Aaron Dracula himself has said that a lot. Just draw and draw and draw and draw and draw. Just, you know, whatever idea comes into your head, no matter how rubbish you think it's going to be, get it out on paper um, and you know this is getting bigger and bigger I'm going to say three tips now tip number two draw after you've drawn lots leave it for a bit if you possibly can leave it for a bit let your mind empty go and do something else so I'm not just talking about like an hour I'm talking maybe a day mm. or even a couple of days and then come back to it and those rubbish ideas that you got down that you might otherwise have filtered and not put down at all you might start to see gold in there somewhere and uh, tip number three Talk to your clients. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but like, make sure because clients don't always know what it is they want, but they know they do have a sense of of, of certainly you know owners of small businesses and so on take a lot of pride in what they do, and and you can use that and, and ask them about it and get a feel for why it is they take pride, why it is they take pride in, and you can almost try and. Uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? Just, just like put that into their design and, and you know come up with something that they wouldn't necessarily thought of doing, but which kind of tries to reflect what it is that's good about their business. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'd say. <laughs> Thank you very much. Those are great three tips. Uh, number two is such a key tip. Yeah, uh, waiting a day or, or leaving time really, really vital. Yeah, I can agree more. Yeah, just, just get your just get your mind going and. Because that's, I mean, especially when you're working alone. When you're working in a team, you can obviously bounce ideas off each other. But 
because that's, that's, the, that's the best way to get good ideas is, is for one person to say something and another to add to it and another to add to it and another to add to it. When you're working by yourself, you know, um, it's not impossible to get something similar by just sort of leaving it and coming back to it with a fresh mind. And you might have experienced something in that couple of days and you might have remembered something in that time to sort of add a, a new letter that you wouldn't have thought of originally. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Hey, no, it's no worries. Where, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Where can people find you on the internet if they, if you, if you want to? Oh, they can, they can find me all over the place. Um, the main ones I run, I'm, I'm on. A, I've got a Facebook page. Uh, I've got an Instagram. I've got Twitter, and I've got my own website. And all of those, the handle for all of them, or URL, is just Matt Tams. So M A T T T A M S. Okay. Got to be really careful of the three T's in the middle. <laughs> it's not a great name for our line, but it's short. It'll do. <laughs> right, well, thank you very much. No, no worries. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Logan Mark podcast. I love chatting to Matt. He's very funny and a lovely guy. I'm really hoping that we'll have more podcasts with him. Go and check out his stuff. And whilst you're on the internet, check out bluedeer.design, the hub of the Logan Mark podcast. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, a comment, or give us a bit of a review. Why not share it with a friend? Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.